Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. I'm here with Mark and we're both in uh, space uh, space control, ready to lift off. We're going to go through some of your questions here today. How's things, Mark? Good, I've just come back from holiday so I'm fit and raring to go. Brilliant, great and uh, hopefully give us your best answers here tonight. Yeah, not necessarily but we'll yeah. give it a go. Okie dokie, great. Now we are, just to go through a few housekeeping things, we haven't had the introduction and the outro on the last few episodes because I've had a bit of trouble with the, the computer, died. one of my computers died and I've just swapped over to a Mac and I'm getting to grips with it. So apologies they haven't been in there. Uh, that is hopefully going to get remedied today. We've got somebody helping us. Uh, we've Mark is Mark. You you you're getting your sound sorted out. Yeah, I've got a uh, BBC calling microphone sitting in front of me, so uh, hopefully that'll be a much better sound quality. There we are. It's like the BBC studios. Your happy days. So without further ado, guys, we're going to get stuck into your your questions and all. We have the first question. Okay, these are it's quite a long question because I've asked for a bit more detail. People have responded. Happy days, thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm really hoping you might be able to help. Last December, I woke one morning with awful cramps in the joints around my thumbs and also excruciating pain in my ring finger on my left hand. Since that time, I have had numerous blood tests and x-rays and I've also resorted to paying privately to see a rheumatologist as my own GP was so dismissive and just said it was osteoarthritis, keep on taking the painkillers. I'm 53 and very active and fit. I have two Springer Spaniels, which I can vouch for that. I also attend the gym for, I've attended the gym for over 20 years until a couple of years ago when I found I no longer have time what with the dogs. I am menopausal and wonder whether this may be related to what's happening to my thumbs. The specialist was re- really positive and felt that I would make a good recovery. All blood tests were absolutely normal, including those for rheumatism and arthritis. This is wear and tear on the joint in my finger, however. I know I clouted this 18 months ago and therefore wonder whether I broke a bone and it is reset badly. At the same time as this flare-up, I've also been struggling with costochondritis which I had in 2009 this has now incidentally proved thanks to private physio okay stick with us yeah as a background for you guys I'm never ill I don't uh, do ill I'm reasonably healthy have a reasonably healthy diet I lost my dad last year to dementia after seven years of intensive caring and when all this started, I was having to clear his house, including major decorating garden and lifting boxes. I've also had two flu-like viruses, including laryngitis, in the last few months. 
okay the picture is now kind of this is good the reason for my email is that prior to having a major oh sorry the reason for my email is that after having a major panic attack last week when my husband had to call the paramedics I started to do some research into diet for these issues and came across your brilliant website. I feel the NHS has simply dropped me on the scrap heap and I'm not prepared just to lay down and go away. I saw an NHS physio yesterday and she was so darn negative. Her words were, well, of course you have arthritis and that's all there is to it. And of course it will get worse and there will be some days you won't be able to get out of bed. I was rather waiting for her to tell me that it was my age, at which point I think I would have smacked her in the eye. Could keep me a sense of humor. <laughs> Needless to say, I won't be going back and will continue to pay privately as this gives me some hope. Mark, obviously one for you, sir. Right. Many thanks, uh, Julie. Uh, many thanks in t- anticipation, Julie. Uh, I know. Go on, Mark. I've already, we've already replied to this. Yeah, we, we had a little, we had one back with her and then we had a bit more back. So what did you say to that, Mark? Basically, I said to her that um, any form of arthritis is, is an autoimmune illness. So, in other words, it's your body attacking itself. I mean, you can say that wear and tear uh, isn't an autoimmune, but if, if she's actually got an inflammatory arthritis, she says she had some excruciating pain. So that, that makes me think it's inflammatory. I, I, I suggested that she started on the autoimmune, autoimmune profile diet. Basically, no grains, no legumes, no dairy or nightshades. Um, also suggested that she might take some glucosamine, which is uh, basically it can help um, joints. Um, it's basically an all or nothing. Either it works for you or it doesn't. I don't know why, but it seems to be work that way. Um, I also said it may be worth it try, trying um, some food sensitivity panel because it may be that she's sensitive to a certain food that um, the ultimate profile is not picking up. So yeah. I'll give her that, that to start off with. Okay, great. Uh, she came back. And she said that she's taking some vitamins and minerals, some some omega three, some vitamin D, calcium, and B six. She says that the rheumatologist feels like her. It could be menopause related, but I'm hopeful on that score. I could well, if if it is on that score, I could come through this on the other side unscathed. I've started your healthy diet. Desperately trying to cut out my passion for chocolate. What is the autoimmune profile? So Mark's just said about that. Uh, no grains, no dairy, no um, legumes or nightshades. Couldn't just get the diet sheet off my website. Uh, okay, we told about the glucosamine. It's pretty a standard supplement. And she says she has a, a vitiligo. Um, and she doesn't know whether that would have any bearing on this. Um, keep you posted on how I get on. Thank you so much. You were both stars. Kind regards, Julie. Yeah, basically, vitiligo again is autoimmune, so that right that does again, link. That again is a, a thing that she should try the autoimmune profile. Okay, yeah, great. And you know, with the, my one question, Mark, just another question. Yeah. What about the sudden onset? Uh, does does arthritis really just? You know, one day you're all good, and then the next day you wake up and like, yeah. oh, you got arthritis, or is it more of a slow it progress? It tends to come on with a hot joint. You can get a hot joint where the joint has got acutely inflamed. I mean, once you've ha- once you've got a burnt out joint, it's time. Unfortunately, it's time for replacement. When you've got hot joints, you're in this. You actually in this state of inflammation. That's the time to change your diet, sort out some supplements. I mean, as far as the chocolate goes, eat dark chocolate. That'd be all right. That's that's got some. Uh, good stuff in it and it's, it, it won't affect her um, 
autoimmune problems. So I would stick with the dark chocolate. That's that's pretty good. It's got some antioxidants in it. So why not eat that? Yeah, great. I mean, days people don't need no excuse as we say to eat the real chocolate. So okay, good. Thank you, Julie, for the question. Next question. Hi, Richard Mark. Oh, this is from my buddy Mark. This is Mark Nickel. Uh, he's a personal trainer and a health coach. I am a personal trainer. I've been working with a client for eight weeks and I've come against some issues to say the least. He's late 40s, previous smoker, taxi driver, had two heart attacks. He takes statins, beta blockers. Shortly after his second half heart attack, he was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. This was eventually treated with radiation therapy and has left him with hypothyroidism unsurprisingly in brackets for which he takes thyroxine he takes statin and beta blockers shortly after his second heart attack he was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism this was eventually treated with radiation therapy and has left him with hypothyroidism in brackets unsurprisingly for which he now takes thyroxine since working with him we've cleaned up his diet Big reduction in the grains, the caffeine and processed foods. We've increased the proteins, the fruit, the veg and healthy fats. He's taking coconut oil daily. He is also now taking magnesium and a coenzyme, Q10. Exercise-wise, he's been doing some very low-intensity mobility work and walking. However, he's yet to lose any weight. And most concerning of all, he's suffering with what he describes as quite severe angina post-exercise. And it's only occurred during exercise once when he was doing some light rowing after a session last week of just stretching and mobility work his heart rate raised to 120 beats per minute and his symptoms were so bad that he had to use his angina spray i've begun reading up and have found lots of interesting info to link thyroid to health and cardiovascular health and digestive problem which he also suffers from he is frustrated because he because what would be considered positive lifestyle changes seem to be making matters worse. He also is caught between the advice of his cardiologist and endocrinologist. Uh, Dr. Mark, any thoughts regards Mark Nickel? Oh, God. Ah. <laughs> yeah, the bottom line here is he's got to go back to the cardiologist. Yeah. Simple as that. He has got severe illness going on there with... Um, if he's getting angina post-exercise, he has got severe illness and he may need some further procedures done. So that's the first thing. The safety thing here is sort out the angina. The thyroid, yes, that may have some impact, but if he's on thyroxine, it's not going to have a huge impact. It's the cardiovascular. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got metabolic syndrome as well. So I expect he's yeah. tested for diabetes. Oh. Sorry, the, the bells are chiming. Yeah, that's my phone. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got... Um, Metabolic disease, but I expect to be tested for that. The, the thing is, Bob idea he's got to go back to the cardiologist. I would not do much more with him until he's seen the cardiologist again, because there, there is something going on here that needs addressing, and it needs addressing with possibly with an angiogram or, or something similar, mm. because he's he, he's getting a lot of problems. I mean, I know you've you've answered it back saying he, he, you need to change the way he's exercising him, but. He needs to see the yeah, that, well, I think that's my first sentence in my reply was <laughs> was you know my my initial instinct is send him straight back because if you get an angina after doing a bit of stretching and your heart rate goes to 120 beats per minute on bleed the blockers, yeah, that is like that means that that is representing a significant level of work and it's not a significant level of work. It's 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 less than one uh, one point five mets or something like that. What like a met is a um, 
an, an, a, 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 a multiplication of your energy at rest. So if it was two mets, it would be twice your energy at rest and three. So it's so low, um, above, just above resting level. And if it's kicking in then, like you see, is something's going on there. So, you know, I did say to Mark about his qualifications and all he wants to go out and do what I've done. You know, I see a lot of this. I worked 10 years in cardiac rehab and, you know, one of the, 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 the contraindications for uh, working with these guys is new patterns of angina which are happening at very low intensity. So, you know, that's the first thing we both said to Mark. And following on from that, then he did say that he gets relief from the um, uh, spray and stuff. And you, you could do it as a pre-exercise thing. But all this has to be done in conjunction, first of all, with what are called phase three, which are the cardiac nurses. So first of all, you do what's called, you give them a call to say, hey, this is Mark. I've got a client. Uh, he's one of yours. Uh, he needs to come back in. Send him back to phase three. Wouldn't even go to the doctor. The phase three would probably be happy to take him uh, straight back, depending on how long ago his, his most recent event was. Um, so I, I went back to Mark and I, I asked him about his cause. He said he hadn't done them yet and all. And this is what's going on out there, guys. No offence to Mark. He's a really, really, really amazing guy. Top coach, switched on. I mean, like one of the best in the country. But because of that reputation, he's attracting these clients who've got these conditions and he's not really in the best position for them. So sometimes, some guy like this, you've got to let him go to somebody who's got the phase four qualification. If that means referring him back to a local authority, then that's safer and better for everybody. Because this guy, if he's getting lots of angina post-exercise, that's a really, really bad sign. Cool. So, um, what we got next? Okay, next... Um, we've got something off Imogen. I met Imogen. She had a really... Okay, hi, Rich. I was involved in a pretty nasty car accident last year. That's an under-exaggeration. She went down, like, a big, huge, like, the side of a valley uh, up in North Wales. And ever since the accident, I've had hiccups. Any ideas why? Imogen. Well, me to answer this, don't you? Well, I haven't got a Scooby. Yep, quite, mate. I've seen, I've seen something on the TV about this before, but I don't know what the solution was for it. But okay. it, you go for it, man. I'm, I'm interested, <laughs> really interested. Okay, basically hiccups uh, are caused by your diaphragm uh, not working exactly right. Um, what happens is the, um, the diaphragm goes into spasm. It, it, it fires off when it shouldn't do, and then your larynx goes into it. Uh, it causes a problem with the lines, and then you make that hiccuping noise. Now, common causes of this in short term are things like overeating, eating spicy food, consuming alcohol, carbonated beverages, um, you know, drinking a can of Coke, you get hiccups, um, consuming hot, cold foods, sun changes of temperature, excitement, emotional stress, and swallowing too much air. But they're the short term causes. Hiccups that last for more than 48 hours, which emissions do, are different causes. Now, it's usually something to do with irritation, irritating the nerve, the vagus nerve, all right, which goes down that area. Now, where is that? Is that in the neck, Mark? Goes down to the heart. Goes down to the heart. Yeah, yeah. Does it? it does it? Does, does it come from the brain to the through the neck and to the heart? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Because she's at her neck. She she nearly broke her neck. Yeah. Well, that that, that could. Certainly, I mean, her case probably is some damage to that nerve. 
right. causes the problem. Now, Makes sense. Other other things can cause it though. I mean, things like reflux that can cause um, hiccups. Because we're thinking about other people. I mean, other people may have hiccups. Yes. Originally, I think was it was trauma. It's probably caused it. But you could have it with reflux. It's a common cause. Irritation in the eardrum, a foreign object in the eardrum. I know it sounds strange, but that can cause recurrent hiccups. Yeah. Throat irritation, yeah. a goiter, you know, there's a large thyroid can cause it. Um, or even sort of cysts or, 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 I'm not saying she's got this, a tumour in your soft, because that's very unlikely at her age. I mean, it's an old age uh, disease, normally tumours, and you can get in the 50s. Um, for older people, strokes, multiple sclerosis, tumours, meningitis, head trauma, they can all cause it. But even things like, um, tobacco use, overuse of alcohol, mm. diabetes, uh, electrolyte imbalances, they could all cause it. But in her case, yeah. I think it's almost almost likely to be trauma. To that now, vagus nerve or somewhere in the yeah, neck. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, so, I mean, it is very difficult to treat long-standing hiccups. Extremely difficult. What I would do, though, is I'd have some blood tests first to make sure that she hasn't got anything easy like diabetes, liver, fun- liver function going off or kidneys going off, just in case she's got an electrolyte disturbance, yeah. just in case something unrelated, which I think is unlikely. Um, it might be worth her um, having uh, an endoscopy, which would have a look down as to see if there's any, any problems down in us, you know, which may have damaged part of her yes. food pipe, which may have caused, with, with, the, with the actual uh, injury, which may cause this problem. Um, she really needs referral. Seriously, she needs referral. Yeah, well, I, I have um, a report to write um, on Imogen, so I'll re- include you know what you've just said, and I'll, I'll tell them who who said it, yeah. a, a colleague of mine, and, and all, and it's good to include because these things go into the pot, as it were, and into the, the where other specialists and consultants will get to yeah. consider them, what you've said and yeah. what I've said in my input because I did a bit of soft tissue with her and some rehab work. And, yeah, um, yeah you know, she 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 hadn't taken her, her neck brace off for about eight or nine months and yeah. after a, an hour or so with me, she she drove for about an hour or, or two, I think, on the journey getting back home uh, to to um, where she lived and and she was uh, without the brace so and we would get good feedback and this mate I'm not trying to say I'm not it's not a bleeding miracle we did some massage some stretching and a few exercises it was nothing complicated but nobody done it for this girl they'd given her sheets to say go and do it but compliance to physiotherapy exercises and rehab. Well, terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, but that's brilliant stuff. Thank you so much for that. What, what does she have trouble with sleeping? Um, she, yeah, she, she, she is a light sleeper, I think. Yes. Does it does the hiccups wake her up though? That's, that's a, ah, right. I, do, I didn't ask her that question. It's a good question. It, if it's waking her up, then it's a real problem. She needs to go and see someone to see if she's damaged that nerve. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic <laughs> advice. I'll be uh, including a link to the podcast in the in the email I sent to her her, her, um, her support person okay right last one for this episode people afternoon rich and mark just caught up with all the podcasts and they're great keep up the good work i have a question which i don't know if it's suitable for the podcast if not no problem of course it's all suitable you know anything but personal problems we'll try and answer mark won't we I do personal problems as well. Great. So uh, here we go. I started taking magnesium supplements like you suggest. Phil Richards Magnesium Relax. I found it great and it really helped with the tightness in my back. And I think it also helped with my anxiety and stress levels. 
However, after four weeks, I started to get bad diarrhea and was a bit sick. I stopped taking it for a few days and everything went back to normal. So I'm just writing something down before I forget it, yeah. Um, does this mean I was taking too much, two to three tablets in the evening, and my levels were fine, or does it mean that I'm still deficient and my body was adapting? Is there anything I can do to stop the symptoms, such as taking it every other day, etc.? Uh, I'll start. Yeah, cool. Magnesium is a, is a laxative, full stop. Yeah. I mean, it's used for bowel prep. Um, it's, it, it's basically, if we, we want to get someone to have diet, have relieve their constipation, we give them a magnesium compound. He's taking too much. I mean, you need magnesium, but it's, it's terribly absorbed. That's the real problem with magnesium. Mm-hmm. Even if you take supplements, it's not very well absorbed. So yeah. people give, tend to give quite a lot. And then you get you reach a reach a sort of point where your body says no, I've had enough, and then it gives you gives you diarrhea. So it's basically taking too much. You need to just lay off, you know, go down to maybe one. Mm, you know, see yeah. how it goes from that. Well, I I said to him uh, to Matthew, first question was, could it have been something unrelated to the magnesium? Because if he didn't start having any problem with it until after four weeks, and it's cleared up after a couple of days of him stopping it, then. Maybe he had just a bug and he had a little bit of something because he said he felt nauseous with it uh, as well. So what, what's your opinion on that? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not impressed. I, I don't think that's the case because the fact it cleared up so quickly afterwards mm. makes me think it's... I mean, any sort of... If you give anyone a laxative, mm. it takes time for it to work. And if he's only just tipping him over, it takes a bit of time for it to actually sort of... So it might be delayed by that amount of time there. I just, yeah, sometimes I just think, well, what if he had a bug? Yeah, it could have been a bug. It could, it's not, it, it, you know. The bug would have lasted a couple of days, though, and then yeah. he got better, and then he would have not had a problem. It's possible, but I still think it's the most likely thing. Is it's, it's the it's, it, I would go back to one, see what one mm. does, and then if he's okay on one, maybe try two. He knows three's yeah. too much. The, the dosage is low. The dosage, it, you should see what the dosage in these things are. It's like, I think, 500 milligrams, 600 milligrams total. But anyway, that was so. I said, yes, Ma- uh, Matthew, laxative can have a, a ma- magnesium can have a laxative effect. Um, give him another try. Um, if you, it, it comes straight back again, you know it was those. If not, you think, I said, you might think it was a bug. So, he did do that. He come back to me. Ten days he's been taking him as of yesterday again, and he haven't had no trouble again. So I don't know whether it will be build up again after three or four weeks, and it happens again. But we're keeping an eye on it. So that's what I said to him. But he will listen to this, Mark, and he'll obviously get your advice in in addition in addition to mine. So can I, ask, I can I ask why he's taking it? Um, he is a runner uh, and a, a tri- uh, an Iron Man, so he does a hell of a lot of cardio. Sure. He wasn't sleeping very well. He was getting cramps and a lot, a lot of muscle tension between his shoulder blades. So we made a few changes and he didn't eat any nuts or seeds. Um, yeah, so I kind of... Uh, it was a good thought. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, all those things. I mean, I, I even on my diet sheet I give to the average patient, I say, if you have trouble sleeping or muscle aches, magnesium may be a benefit. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was a very good sort of diagnosis by you. Oh, I just, yeah. I'm interested to see if he... Is he going back onto three again? Uh, yeah, he's gone back to two to three. Um, I think that's what I told him to do, is go back and just do, you know... And also, I said, vary the dose, because what I do, personally, I've never had any trouble with it. If I do more, 
I take maybe three. If I do less, I don't take any at all. So it's all related to like what I perceive as my sweat and my urine output. I know it's a bit weird to consider that sort of stuff, but that's all I think. And I think, right, well, have I done much training? Have I sweated? Yes, no. Because when I exercise, if I take three magnesium, my aches and pains are far less. So I use it like that, more intuitively, rather than just like banging away, you know, same dose, same thing all the time, because that's no good. You should always take off. If you have do take vitamins and minerals, take some time off them, come back on them, take the weekends off. You know, you can go back. Like <clears throat> sometimes I really go for it with vitamin C and fish oils. And I have a like a big month of high dose fish oil, high dose vitamin C. And then that can get me back to, you know, being healthy if I kind of get run down and pick up coughs or sore throats or whatever it is. So cool. Magnesium, little bit of info for you guys there. And that is that. Okay. The end of that episode, Mark. You happy there? Got anything to add? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. Hoping the outro will be on this episode. Thank you. Keep the questions coming. Speak to you soon. Bye. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.